another weekend of football is in the books here in Queensland. Welcome to another edition of the MPL Sunday Show for the Brisbane Football Group. Scott and Adam with you once again. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I just uh, got back from a very, very entertaining game of football. We will talk about that in just a moment. First, I will apologise to my voice if it isn't quite what it is normally. I apologise. We're going to battle through in sufferance. But we'll start off with the game, which you did attend out there at Walter Park to round off round 12, Adam. Moreton Bay United 3. Brisbane Roar Academy 2, and we could talk about this for about 20 minutes because it was absolutely drama-filled, wasn't it? The Roar took the lead through Cyrus Demi. Zach Kiepel gets the goal back. Demi then puts the Roar ahead by two goals to one. And then in injury time, Reese Gwynn jones and Rio Wono get, get, get goals for Morton Bay to make it 3-2, and that's really just the beginning of it, isn't it? It was an absolutely fabulous game. Look, it was an entertaining game, but... Uh... Wow, drama, drama, drama. Um, it, it seems like every time I seem to go to Walter Park, there's always something that happens in the game. And look, I, I love it. It's, a, it's a, as a as a self uh, self proclaiming you know Morton Bay supporter. Uh, yeah, look, it was a, it was a great night. But but to put my objective journalistic hat on, um, look, it was a great game of football, entertaining. I would have thought that maybe uh, at two all, probably it, that's probably would have been the deserved result. But uh, look, the, just the character of Morton Bay, when they went down two one with about a minute to go in normal time, you thought, okay, that's the winner. Um, they, they played well, but you know, Raw going to escape with the win. But then the, for them to sort of come back and then you know get the equaliser and then push on to get the winner, it just speaks volume about about this side. It's not the first time this season we've seen it from the uh, from Morton Bay. It's not, and to be fair, you're at Walter Park most weeks, so of course you're going to see plenty of drama down that in that part of the world. But going right back to the start of the game, we'll start with the first goal. The Raw obviously had a lot of their players in who've played in the A League in the last couple of weeks. We saw Eli Adams make his debut, another debut for the Raw in the A League. On Saturday, Cyrus Demi returned to the MPL side for the first time in a few weeks, scored two goals. How do you think they looked in terms of bouncing back? I thought Cyrus in particular looked like he's really benefited from his time in and around the A-League squad and looked really, really sharp in this game. Oh yeah, he he looked very sharp. He every time, um, every time he got the ball, he looked like uh, he he was going to do something. Um, he had he had a shot about the twentieth minute, which he looked like he sort of um, he sort of overran, sort of stumbled, and then from nowhere he's just swung through the foot and he's he's you know cluttered the he his shot cluttered the post basically. I don't think um you know Burzard or he actually even saw it. That, that's how that's how good it was. So he looked very very sharp. Um, Eli Adams had a very productive game, um, but uh, as well. But uh, yeah, look, uh, Demi especially. He he looks like he's one that's definitely benefited with uh, time with the senior squad. He most certainly has. But the Raw aren't the only team playing tonight in that fixture, Adam, who've got the benefit of really good young players because Morton Bay have got their own. And up front, young Zach Kiepel, his just reputation continues to grow, doesn't it? A really nice finish. For his goal, his 10th of the season now, he's a terrific young talent. When you compare he and Demi, do you think there's much difference? Because obviously, obviously Demi's got the reputational uh, boost of being with the Raw Academy and having played in the alley. He's a terrific, terrific talent. But I think Kierpal isn't that far away from him. I think there is a difference, but I don't think it's as big a difference as many people would think. What about you? 
Uh, look, I think different style players. Um, Demi is quick, fast, very skillful, whereas um, Zach Kierpel, he's he's a lot more physical. Um, he's obviously got, you know, you know he, he can shoot from range and also as well, sort of, you know, he's got a good header on him. Um, look, as far as them being sort of, you know, where you rate them, they're very, very close. I think, um, but Demi, I think, obviously, he's the one that's had, you know, A-League experience, you know, he's shown that you know, in in the MPL, you know how how quick and explosive he is. So I think he may just shade it. But look, I'd be happy with both of them on my team. That's exactly what I was going to say. So Cyrus probably shades it. But if I had to pick second and you gave me Zach Kiepel, I wouldn't be overly disappointed. Now, we've got to go to the end of the game with the penalty decision, Adam. I didn't actually see it because I was doing updates, <laughs> updates for our social media as it happened. Can you describe what happened? Was it actually a reasonable? Was it actually a legitimate penalty? Because it yeah. was certainly dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, th- I think it was. It was just one of those. It was just one of those ones where I so I didn't really get a good view on it um, from where my perspective was. But it looked very similar to the one where Josh Morland won in the first half. So I think, as far as the referee being consistent, I think that it, I think he, he got it you know, pretty much right. So um, yeah, it's just unfortunate when it happened. I, I didn't, I didn't quite catch who the player was that committed the foul. Um, but uh, but yeah, look, I think it was, a, I think it was a fair penalty. Absolutely. So that's your thoughts on the game. Now we'll hear what both coaches are thinking. You caught up with both coaches out there at Walt's Park. Sitting. First, we'll hear from the winning coach, Roy Brown. Then we'll hear from the standing coach of the Brisbane Roar Academy, Owen Baker. I'm joined by a very very happy uh, Morton Bay United coach, Royce Brownley. Royce, first of all. We'll worry about the other sec. How did you pull up from uh, yesterday's uh, efforts? Oh, the good thing was we were about about enjoying ourselves and playing good football yeah. yesterday, you know, and it was, it was a good game. It was a good day. On to tonight. Wow, what, what a finish. Two goals in stoppage time. You've got to be proud of the boys, the way they came back and, and you know, showed character after they went behind just before uh, the 90 minutes. Yeah, look, we're a team that um, never stops trying, you know. We play a good brand of football, we play attacking football and the first half didn't quite fall for us, you know. We created chances and the ball wouldn't go in the back of the net and I said to the boys, be positive and keep going, you know, be brave and, you know, we got the goals in the end. Uh, well, you got a couple of players returning tonight. One of the goal scorers are Reese Gwynn jones Great to have him and also Matt Heath back from injury. Yeah, definitely. Look, they're major players, you know. Um, Reese Gwynn jones and Matt Heath have got to, you know, could really be in the NPR All-Stars. They've, they've, played, they've played that many games for us, you know. Also, as well, the other goal scorer is um, Zach Kierpel. Uh, t- ten goals a season. He, obviously, he's just developing great t- t- through the season. Look, absolute great young kid. You know, he's got really, really good attributes. He's always wanting to learn. And that's the big thing. You know, he's, he's not just sitting there being arrogant and saying, I know the best. He's actually working hard every single session to be the best he can be. And uh, one last question. Obviously, uh, Logan, Logan Lightning next week, one of your old clubs. Looking forward to the challenge down at Canubia. Yeah, good. Look, to be honest, it's a good field and nice and big. It allows us to play football. You know, we're going to be brave and go in there and uh, play a good attacking style of football and hope we can come back with the three points. Here, yeah, well, I'll let you go. The uh, guys are singing. Yep, Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. I'm joined with coach of um, Brisbane Raw, Owen Baker. Owen, first of all, how's it feel to be back uh, coaching at MPL level? Oh, could have been a little bit better after the end of that game there. Um, obviously. Um, it's been great to work with the group so far and you know the boys have had a really good season and we knew today was going to be a tough game and it, it, it was but uh, yeah I uh, haven't had an end like that in, in, a, in, a, in a long time it was a, a crazy end to the game it was, yeah, it was a crazy end um, before, before that obviously Cyrus Demi scoring, uh, scoring a brace 
How good is it to have him back? Obviously, he's obviously in training and, and playing for the uh, senior side. Yeah. What influence does he have on the uh, younger players when he comes back to this level? Uh, you know, Cyrus is a, a great prospect. He's had a really good season so far uh, in the NPL and been given his opportunity with the A-League um, as a consequence of that. Um, and he's obviously not the only one. So Cyrus adds something. He's got, he's got great qualities. He's, he's got... Um, a lot, obviously, he needs to work on in his game, but he's he's there. He's training with the A League every every week, and um, you know it's great to see that the players are getting these opportunities now. Obviously, um, disappointing end to the match result wise, but the performance overall. How, how do you um, think they went? The boys went. Um, I thought it was quite even. You know, like Morton Bay had um, certainly had chances, and um, but but at the same time, so did we. I thought second half we were slightly better in in containing them and stopping them creating clear cut chances. Um, we had to work very hard to, to get the goal. We got a bit fortunate with the second goal, but obviously the timing with it, you, you, you expect to go on and to win that game of football. Um, so we're, the boys are absolutely. Um, Distraught, and so they should be with the with the two goals that we conceded in injury time. Uh, but they're, you know, on on the bigger picture, we, they have to be lessons, and they have to remember that feeling in the changing room right now, and um, make sure that one, it doesn't happen next week, and hopefully not again this season. And, and two, they that they use it as lessons in their future football career. Uh, but it certainly hurts at the moment. Speaking of next week, obviously a much bigger bigger challenge with the league leaders, Peninsula Power. If that game goes ahead. Um, Obviously, uh, will the, t- the boys take the mo- motivation of losing tonight into that game next week? 100%. Reaction is required. Um, you know, like I said, that the end isn't good enough tonight and they need to learn those learn those lessons. And we've just had a little chat in the change room there and how we, how we respond is key. And I, I'm actually quite glad that it's against a team like Peninsula Power because it's, it's a real test. They're a fantastic team. They've obviously won every game so far this season. So... If we're going to really test ourselves and challenge ourselves, then let's do it against the best. So um, the boys, um, you know, we learn from tonight. We have a big week at training and um, we'll see if we can we can put a, that right next week against power, I suppose. Commiserations tonight. Uh, thanks for your time. Mom. No worries. Thank you. So that's what both coaches had to say there at Walter Park this evening. Adam, thank you for taking care of those interviews for us. While we're talking about coaches, we should say congratulations to Chris Crossman, whose partner gave birth. This weekend, so he won't be out, won't be at games for a few weeks. But another addition to that Brisbane Raw 2026 W League side potentially, Adam. 2026, I'm more a bit early. <laughs> Sorry, 2036. I beg your pardon. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, uh, it's, it's a formidable uh, looking uh, W League team for that. So let's hope there's like a there's a uh, a parent uh, parent daughter rule because. Yeah, that, that's 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 four players now. But but just uh, before we go, just yeah, thank you to both coaches as well um, for taking time to chat uh, after the game. Like so, obviously you know a highly emotional game um, for both both. So you know obviously it comes through on the interviews. You know the high the highs and lows. So you know we appreciate both uh, both teams. You know, just just from uh, tonight, but you know obviously to, to give up their time throughout the season for for us. Absolutely, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Morton Bay, they needed a scalp, didn't they, against the top four? I know the Roar aren't what at the start of the year would have called the big four, but they sit second on the table, we'll go through that later on, but they sit second, and Morton Bay did need a result against one of those top sides, didn't they? So it's a huge, huge three points for the home side. Absolutely. Um, they, this, they, they go from probably also rans to, um, to you know, contenders just in basically in the space of that five, a crazy five minutes. Um, look, and then again, there was no fluke that they, they were able to achieve that other than, you know, 
you know, favor fortune the brave, but um, but yeah, they they really needed a top four scalp just to sort of you know to keep them you know in the in the hunt as far as the top four spots. Ah, uh, look, it's game on. It is, and the only other side, oh, one side in particular, we're very happy with that result is um, Morton Bay's near and not so dear neighbours Peninsula Power, who extend the lead at the top of the table, but which they picked up three points yesterday, three and over Kapaba, two goals to Mandy Pengelly and Josh Woolley, and they just. They look like they're just a machine at the moment, don't they? Just powering towards the top of the top spot at the end of the year. Yeah, pardon, pardon the pun on that, but absolutely, um, they 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 they're seven points clear. With with the catch up, they could go ten clear. Um, is it is it a um, premiership winning lead? Uh, it's probably still too early, given that they've probably got to face a number of you know the top teams again in the second way round, but. Again, this is it's becoming the same in a number of these divisions at the moment. The, the league leaders at the moment, it's it's their race to lose. I'll blame that pun on my cold and flu medication. We'll move on to the result then on Saturday night, Coplick Family Sports, but Gold Coast United 2, Redlands United, nil an early goal from Justin Mackay and Shane Smeltz from the penalty spot. Who else but Shane Smeltz? And it's a result that Gold Coast really just had to have, isn't it? This is the part of the schedule where they've played the top teams earlier in the year. Now they're playing the teams in and around them on the table, and it's a result they just had to have. Yeah, yeah, this is an important result for that, obviously, uh, without, you know, no disrespect to um, to Redlands, but, uh, yeah, this is a result they need as far as, you know, at least putting some distance uh, between themselves and that uh, relegation scrap, because they're, they're, they're a much better team than, you know, being held in that position. I think, um, obviously, they're, they're starting, they'll start fine form, and um, like I said, they should have some favourable matchups in the next few weeks to keep climbing up the ladder. They should, and one team who's climbed at the ladder in recent weeks is Eastern Suburbs. 1-0 winners over Gold Coast Knights on Saturday night. Heath Buck, Josh Pinn with the goal early in the second half. My question about this match, Adam, is what's the bigger story on here for you? Is it East and their resurgence, or is it Gold Coast with a third loss in four games? A third loss in five games, I beg your pardon. Because to me, it's a great result for East, but Gold Coast seem to be having a bit of a wobble at the moment, don't they? Yeah, look, actually, well, it's probably I'd shade it as far as the biggest story might be Gold Coast Knights and their sort of struggles a little bit, uh, but only only because obviously you know they're they're seen as a title contender. We know we know East are capable, especially at Heath Park. That this seems to be a, becoming a fortress for them. They really, you know, if they're not winning, they are troubling the best teams in the league. Um, you know, at, at Heath Park. So that's maybe not such a surprise. But, um, yeah, Gold Coast Knights dropping games, they probably, you expect them to, to win. Um, that's probably the biggest story as well, because as we know, if they've got, you know, intentions of, you know, winning the premiership, losses like this don't help because they, they're very, very hard to, to run these points back. It is. I think, I think at least they're taking points off Olympic Lions and Gold Coast Knights now at home this year. So it's certainly becoming... A graveyard for sides travelling to Heath Park. So anyone to keep an eye on over the course of the season. The final game on set night is the game which we covered on our social media platforms. It was Lions SC five, Magpies Crusaders United one. And talking about teams who struggled, Adam, Lions have struggled for consistency over the course of this year. They they had a great result on Saturday night, but um, do you think it solves all their issues of five one winner for Magpies, or do you think there's still some underlying concerns there? I think until they beat um, until they beat a team that's above them, I I do think you know, that's a standard fair. It's a game, it's a game result that we expected Lions uh, to to win. So 
we'll see. We'll see. You know, down the line, I think they've got some a couple of big games in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Gold Coast Knights comes to mind in about three weeks' time. I do believe that 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 will be a big test of where they're really at. But again, it's three points to keep them ticking over. Not that we think that they're going to be any trouble relegation-wise, but uh, again, it's very disappointing for them that they sit in seventh at the moment for a club of that stature. Absolutely. I will say Jacob Savarov was really good at left-back getting forward. He had a great cross in for the first goal for John Carl Slaws. So there is positive signs of life there for Lions. So they just need to find that consistency. Moving on to the games played on Sunday, there's two games other than the Morton Bay Raw game. The first of those was Sunshine Coast Wanderers at home to the Brisbane Strikers. It was 2-1 for the Wanderers. Two goals from Andre Yanceski. Mustafa Jafari from the penalty spot. And the Wanderers we've spoken about the last couple of weeks, Adam, how they've Find themselves in a really great spot. Now, they've got two games in hand. They currently sit six. They could push into the top four if they win those. But the strikers at the other end, yeah, they're not getting results still, but they seem to be a bit more competitive since the coaching change. Do you have similar views? Yeah, I do. I think it's, well, the result to um, to Sunshine Coast, on, on the score, score sheet, probably doesn't... Uh, it doesn't sort of reflect well, given that you know teams before them have been putting you know, a bag of goals on, on a uh, on strikers. Still, it's three points, and at the end of the day, goal difference may or may not come into it, but they they pick up the win. For strikers, it's a case of it, it's a work in progress as far as them being. It's it gets them competitive. Uh, let's not forget that Sunshine Coast are sitting in six at the moment. So obviously, they're one of the better teams in the league. And it, it looks like there's improvement there. That obviously defence, it all starts with defence. If you get the defence right, then the attack sort of begins. So they may not be too far away from picking up their first points of the season. The problem is, is that they are already running out of time to try and bridge the gap to, to 11th spot and uh, safety. They are. And also for the Wanderers, those games in hand do begin midweek against Logan Lightning on Wednesday night. The first of those two catch-up game, so there's an opportunity to push even further up the table for the Wanderers in mid We'll have to see what happens. In the final game of round 12, all the final game we're going to talk about in the show, Olympic FC 3, Logan Lightning nil, two goals for Daniel Leck, moving him to second place on the Golden Boots. Setting. Shannon Brady with his seventh of the season as well, and this is a pretty comfortable win for Olympic at home, isn't it? Against what has been a relatively strong Logan side this year. Yeah, it's uh, Olympic, it's standard fair for them. They it's a result that we expect. Um, they, they it, it's good to see that that, that Daniel Leck and Shannon Brady are you now they're, they're continuing their form. Logan, without without sort of you know, seeing too much of the game, obviously I was at, at um, Walter Park, so I didn't didn't actually uh, catch much of this game other than the other than the result. Uh, look, I guess you say that yes, it's a result they probably would figure that they give, they'd give away. I think they'd be more ready for that Wednesday night uh, catch-up game against Sunshine Coast Wanderers. They could see them move into sixth. And I think if you ask Rick Coughlin, would you be, you know, if you were in sixth at the halfway stage of the season, would you take it? I think you'd take it all the way to the bank. I think if I remember correctly, when we were talking at the end of last season, he would have been very happy staying in the NPL. So if you could offer him a spot in the top six at the halfway mark, I certainly think he would take it. Speaking of the table, we should, we should go through that briefly now. Potential power, they are seven points at the top of the table ahead of the Brisbane Roar Academy. They have a game in here, could stretch it out to 10 points, which would be a quite sizable advantage. Olympic are into third place ahead of Gold Coast Knights on goal. Difference of those two swap over. Morton Bay remain fifth, but close the gap on the 22 points. And you've got Sunshine Coast Wanderers on 19. Lions and Logan both on 17. East on 16. 
Gold Coast United move ahead of Kapalabar into 10th place on 12 points. Then you've got Kapalabar in, in 11th on 10. Then you've got Redlands, Magpies and Strikes at the bottom of the table. So not a great deal of change, Adam, but the top six are some really surprise contenders, isn't there? Because I don't think anyone would have thought, with great respect to Sunshine Coast and Logan, that they would be challenging for a top six spot at this stage of the year. Absolutely. I'm just looking, I'm just going to look at the table again. The line seven points outside of the finals. Uh, you'd expect, and you expect that you know, at some point they, they will rally. I think they've got good enough players that they will you know, win a bag of games and uh, really sort of go come back into that race of top four. But again, trying to make up seven points in this league, it may be, it may be uh, one too many. So that's going to be an interesting subplot if we start talking about the second half of the season about Lions. You know, can they make up the gap and get into the top four? Because that top four, uh, they, they are in patches. Take away power, who are just you know beating everyone at the moment. While they're beating each other, they're all playing well. So it's going to be a very fascinating race. And look, let's not let's not discount Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Logan Lightning. I don't think it's a fluke that they're there. So so yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating um, run to the finals. And it's funny we're talking about finals and running at the halfway mark. We always all kind of thought Wanderers would make this sort of run towards the top six, seven, eight spot last year. It didn't quite happen for them. So it's great to see them doing it in 2021. Moving on to the NPL Women's and we'll start with the game we covered on our social media platforms on Friday night. Adam Kapalabar won their winners over Olympic golf from Isabel War midway through the second half in what was a tight contest between two pretty good sides. Yeah, I think both sides cancelled each other out. Um, like there's some exceptional players in in both both teams, um, bit you know a lot of actually a lot of W League experience amongst those players uh, featuring uh, Capalba without without uh, Amy Chapman and uh, Georgina Worth, so that that you might have thought may have sort of lent lent the uh, pendulum towards Capalba, but uh, yeah, Isabel Ward uh, bobbing up with the winner in about the 65th minute, and that that was enough. Absolutely, some of the other results. Through, through the round here, Adam was uh, gap 9 0 winners over Southwest Queensland Thunder. Georgia Beaumont with seven goals in that match there on Friday night. Ethan Suburbs with a massive three points at home over Sunshine Coast Wanderers by three goals to one. Morton Bay 5 3 winners away to Virginia. South United 1, Brisbane City 0. Western Pride 6, Peninsula Power 0. And QAS 1 0 over Gold Coast. So we'll talk about that very quickly, Adam. That's three losses in a row for Gold Coast United. I'm not quite sure what's going on down there. It seems like since that matchup against Lions, things have fallen a bit of a heap. Ah, uh, yeah, it has. That's uh, you messaged me just before kickoff at Walter Park about that result, and um, yeah, it's uh, stunning. I actually shared the news with um, with Campbell uh, Campbell Johnson, who was commentating uh, at Walter Park as well, and he was stunned as well. What, what's going on with uh, Gold Coast United? It's said yeah, it seems as though that Lions loss has really scarred them at the moment because they just it doesn't seem like they're playing um, playing very good football. Unless they're not getting the results that they probably uh, deserve. Mind you, haven't seen how they've played, so it's hard to judge you know, performance wise and whether you know one one goal, a uh, one nil win to to QAS this afternoon, uh, whether that was a fluke or anything like that. But yeah, the results results speak for themselves. Gold Coast United, yeah, three losses in a row. It is a great result for the young QAS girls. Well, as one final game in that in, in round twelve of MPL Women's Logan Lightning versus Mitchell will be played on Tuesday night. Now, Adam, for the sake of the listeners and sake of my voice, do you want to run through the MPL Women's table for us? Yes, I can. And um, Lions Lions FC uh, 
uh, so on, on top on 31 points. Morton Bay United, second on 26, along with uh, South United. Uh, Kapalabar in fourth on 25. Gold Coast United, 21, uh, with the three losses in a row. Then Sunshine Coast Wanderers are in sixth on 18. Western Pride in seventh on 15. Eastern Suburbs also on 15. And Brisbane City, who have now lost six straight, uh, are also on 15 points. So that race for the top eight is getting very, very tight as we continue down the board. Uh, Olympic Olympic FC are in 10th on 14. Mitchelton 13. Uh, QAS are also, sorry, uh, QAS are on 14. Mitchelton in, in 13. Uh, Virginia 13, the gap 12. So the positions 6 to 14 are within one or two points of each other as far as trying to chase down the chase down the, the top eight spot for the for the cutoff. And then uh, Logan Lightning 15 15th on six. And Southwest Queensland Thunder and Peninsula Power are on one point each after their draw last week. And uh, both with negative 50 goal difference. So it's, um, yeah, it's a tough season for those two, those club. But uh, just the one one final sort of thought on the NPL, Georgia Beaumont, seven goals against uh, Thunder. Wow, that's a, that's a hell of a performance. And that's probably the performance that she needed because she came into the season with you know, big high hopes. And this might be her coming out party because that's uh, seven goals in any game. That's a bag full. Should we just agree now, mutual agreement, that's Georgia Beaumont's performer of the week? Uh, yes. Absolutely. I'll, I'll certainly co-sign on that. Before we move on from the table, Logan Lightning's game on Tuesday night, that's got to be win or win or they're not going to get in the top eight, right? They've got to win that game at home. Yep, that's, uh, yeah, this this is sudden death for Logan as far as their, their MPL hopes. Uh, yeah, if, if it's not already gone, given given that, they have, they have to win. But also as well for Mitchelton, they also need a win because uh, that might at least uh, propel them sort of in, into safety. Safety as far as you know into the uh, it'll be into the top eight if they uh, if they can win. So that that's that's a big game for both teams for very very different reasons. Absolutely. Moving on to FQPL one, the results in that competition of round eleven. Wynnum Wolves away from home three 0 winners over Ipswich Knights. Mitchelton three, South United one, Brisbane City two, Southside Eagles nil, Rochdale Rovers three, Western Pride two, Sunshine Coast Fire one, Holland Park Hawks one and. It's a great result for Rochdale, that isn't it? To go away to Western Pride on a cold night, come from behind twice, and then ultimately go on on, on and win the game. Yeah, that uh, that result keeps them sort of well and truly in in the race as far as promotion and the premiership goes. That because that, that that would be that's a very, that would have been a very very tricky tie that to go to Western Pride to Briggs Road, and yeah, look. If they if they had lost that, yeah, you know, you'd almost now declare Brisbane City the the um the premiers right now. So they they stay in it uh, and we'll, they'll they'll fight another day. They will. And something else that came across our social media comment section over the last seven days, Frank Freener is coaching Wynnum Wolves, Adam. Yeah, that one actually creeped up. We were told that it wasn't so obvious, but unfortunately, we don't subscribe to the Wynnum Wolves newsletter. And uh, I don't, and we didn't catch up with that game um, last night. Uh, we didn't catch the, the game against South last week, so we, we were unaware of that. But that's um, that's a fairly sort of you know, big sign that Frank Farina, you know, former Brisbane Raw coach, former you know, Socceroos coach, you know, applying his trade in the FQPL. So a 
great addition as far as yeah, the so for the for the uh, competition. And it's having an instant impact out there as well. Maybe we should subscribe to that newsletter as well. I'll have to get onto that. Yeah. Also, as well, one other other th new newsworthy thing out of FQPL one, and that is with Southwest Queensland Thunder. Even though they're on a bye this week, we want to wish our very best to Brody Welsh, who um, announced this week he was retiring um, from football after a season-ending uh, knee injury, which. I, I, from what I remember, it was a fairly innocuous challenge against Brisbane City in the uh, FFA Round 6 tie at uh, Corporate Travel Management Stadium. But uh, yeah, shocking to hear the news that he that he's decided to hang up his boots. So we, we wish him all the best in his future endeavours and you know, hopefully he's not lost to the game. Hopefully you know, he comes back as a coach or you know, some involvement because you know, he, he was, from the brief time that we saw him you know, in you know, MPL and FQPL, yeah, he was a great striker, prolific striker, it's a prolific striker for Willowburn in the uh, Toowoomba Premier League as well. So it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that a bright career has been cut short. So we wish him all the best. I'm sure he won't be lost to football, no doubt about that. He'll be in and around the Toowoomba footballing scene and I echo those sentiments. Best of luck with the recovery, Brody. Moving on to round 10 in FQPL 2, just the four games as usual. Grains, Thistle 3, Coomera Colts 2. Virginia United, a.k.a. the Entertainers, 5, North Star, 3, Turinga Rovers, 1, Sanford Rangers, 0, and Caboolture FC, 4, Magic United, 0. A couple of pretty comfortable wins at home there for the top top teams there. Oh, Range actually are in the second. They play actually, Adam. So that's a good result away from home, but the top three there with pretty comfortable wins as well as the Entertainers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... A, it, other than Taringa, sort of only um, finding finding one goal against uh, Samford. Um, yeah, goals, goals, goals as usual in uh, FQPL two and yeah, and and yeah, like Bakabulcha looks at least it looks like they bounced back after a bit of a blip last week and uh, they're back back uh, on their merry way back at home. So again, um, Kabulcha Grange this all of a sudden becomes a must see tie as is um, as is Kabulcha and Taringa. I think it's. Caboolture's um, premiership to lose, but Grange at the moment are in good form and Turinga just are going along steadily. They are, and there's actually no change at all in the FQPL table. Caboolture, they are one point clear of Grange Sissel, who are three points clear of Turinga. So it's 24, 23, and 20. And there's a, a fair old gap down to North Star in fourth place. And as you mentioned, Brisbane City, they maintain their five point lead at the top of the FQPL one stands out of Roadstyle Rovers with. The Thunder now nine points behind them, so it seems to be a race in two there. Adam, we might wrap up a bit quicker than usual this week. We've agreed that George Bowman is our player of the week, correct? Uh, yeah, I do. yeah, seven goals in any in any, uh, in any league, in any division. That, that's worthy of a performer of the week uh, nod. So, yeah, well well done to her. Um, look, as, as I keep on saying, you know, tremendous future, and this may be the start of bigger things for her. Absolutely. So we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for joining me once again, Adam. Yep, thanks, Scott. So thanks to our listeners. We'll be back once again next week on the MPL Sunday show for the Brisbane Football Review.